0: Welcome to Sports Girls Podcast, brought to you by SportsTalk.ie. Check out GemEvents.ie, candy carts, chocolate fountains, selfie mirrors. We got all your party needs covered at GemEvents.ie. Health and Fitness We put you back in control of your health, fitness, nutritional, and well-being needs through education, advice, and motivation. Check out Health and Fitness Looking to dance the night away? Check out TheLaws.ie. The perfect sound for your next wedding, party, or function. Great set. Lists, lively, and sure crowd pleasers,
1: Hello, and welcome to this week's Sports Girls podcast. I'm Denise O'Flaherty, and uh, joining me this evening is our resident expert, Lauren Guilfoyle. Lauren, as you know, works in the media and is also a physiotherapist amongst her many talents. We are also delighted to welcome on the show this week nutritionist Kate McDade. So, Lauren, we got some great news today. Hurling and camogie are recognised as key elements of Ireland's living heritage, and they are to be safeguarded for future generations. It's great to see that.
2: Absolutely, I think it kind of rubber stamps everything that we already taught. Um, but I suppose to get a bit of recognition um, from an international perspective is really, really nice. Um, Hopefully it might lead to maybe some extra funding, maybe from a national perspective here in Ireland. Uh, But it's great. I know there was talks of this happening over the past few weeks, but the news came out today that um, they had been granted that uh, status. So it's it's fantastic. Um, Yeah, it's brilliant. Speaking of the
1: camogie... Um, club finals time of the year. We look back, Lauren, on last weekend's Camogie finals. You were at both games. The junior A final was won by Kilmesson of Meath. They defeated Ross Common's four roads on a scoreline of 312 to 112. And it was actually double delight for Meath clubs as Rathoth beat Clantibrit of Monaghan 112 to three points to claim the junior B title.
2: Yeah, there were two fantastic games. The junior final between Four Roads and Clemesson was probably one of the best Camogie games I've seen all year. Um, and I suppose there were two counties involved that wouldn't be traditional Camogie counties. Um, so I, I, I didn't really know what to expect going up to these games. I hadn't seen any of these clubs playing before. Um, but I was blown away, especially by the style of play that the two neat clubs came with Clemesson and Ritou. Um, but was fantastic to see Clarence there, there um, Representing Monaghan, I suppose, they're probably used to seeing Conor McManus and yeah. uh, their footballers in action, but to see their team out as well. Um, it, it's fantastic. Like it's, it's the first year of that particular Junior B competition. So it's kind of the draft setting a, a fairly good standard. I suppose but the scoreline doesn't overly reflect that. But to made use of a very, very strong wind in the first half and got a good few scores on the board. It was very even, though, for the second half. So I think Chibut can be pretty proud of their. Uh, efforts on the day and um, the, the wind and the rain seemed to go away for the second game which is fantastic um, and it allowed a really, really skillful second game um, between Four Roads and and really, really neck and neck until about maybe the 51st or 52nd minute uh, where and kind of pushed on and they had, they had a five-point lead Four Roads came back and equalised and pushed on again and won by six and as I was saying earlier like The standard of Mogi and the style of play of Mogi is really, really positive. It's really forward, really attacking, um, trying to hit balls into, into hands, trying to, I suppose, run the ball as opposed to maybe using physicality. And uh, Kilmessen, fantastic. They had a girl there, corner forward. Uh, Megan Pine. she would have played with the Mogi team this year. Uh, she grabbed, I think, 2-2 two, two, two? Yeah, two, 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 uh, in that game. She was... Absolutely fantastic. The, her goals were out of this world, and I hope maybe they were released as, as, as short clips. Um, and as I was saying, it's probably one of the best Camogie games I've seen all year. A really, really nicely contested game, and I suppose that's Kilmesson's second year in a row winning the Junior A title. So the Mead winners next year, be it Kilmesson, maybe it could be retote R- R- they're going to play at the Intermediate Grade next year, which is fantastic As, as, as for me. Camogie is a... As a whole, I know their senior camogie team didn't share out too well this year in the senior grade, but I suppose getting their club teams playing at a higher level is only going to help them. Yeah, and as you said, it's great to see those counties
1: in there because they're not as inverted commas, you know, the traditional camogie counties. This weekend, we have the ladies footballers and they're out. On Saturday evening, there's actually great value for money for anyone who is in Dublin. There's a double header in Parnell Park. Dublin's Fox Rock cabin take on Mourne Abbey from Cork in the senior final at 5pm. And both teams, fantastic clubs, but neither side have actually won this title. So history will be made. A couple of weeks ago on the show, Diana Hora and Gemma Begley from Tyrone actually predicted this to be the final. And it was kind of hard to pick a winner, but they just feel that Fox Rock cabin might just get
2: that elusive Bell Ireland. Yeah, so I said, Warren Abbey, are coming with an awful experience of this film. They were beaten in 2014, 2015, yeah. and 2017. So they've an awful lot of hurt in the locker that, that was will want to come out the, the, the right side this year. Um, I haven't seen Sockjock play this year. Um, I have seen Warren Abbey. I saw them in the Cork replay. They um, beat West Cork quite considerably. And to be honest, they're so clinical up front. Like, uh, they can make it from the full back line to the full forward line, maybe three or four passes. Um, really, really clinical that the O'Sullivan during here um I know during one um, the November player of the month, uh, she's been scoring all around her. I think she got something like the two four in the club final, eight points against Kiltern and she got nine points in the Monster final, like she's an absolutely sensational form. Um so as I said I haven't seen Fox Shots have a PD play, but I suppose they have they, they they had quite a nice win in that semi final, and you know, it was a
1: great win for Fox Rock. And when you look at their squad, you know, with, with with the Dublin players there, I'm just to say something to you though, and you know, when your county is doing well and when your clubs are doing well, you know, kind of those two things go together because your senior final is between the Dublin representatives and the Cork representatives, and mm-hmm. that's what your ladies' final was this year Cork versus Dublin.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like, we're going to see some absolutely fantastic footballers on display, and Players that have played at the highest, highest level, um, battling it out in Parnell Park is a fantastic venue, especially on a Saturday evening as well. Um, So it's really reshaping up to be an excellent final. And as I said, it's going going to be new winners. So I think it's going to be a huge outpouring of emotion. Um, It's just a case of seeing which sharpshooters I want to get out on top. Are you going to that game? You probably are because it's more Naby from Cork. I'm actually not going this weekend, no. I've been on with the face of work for the last couple of weekends and I have another event, so I won't make it. Um, but I'm hoping to catch it on TV anyway.
1: Right, and then 7 o'clock, because normally you have your intermediate or your junior final preceding the, the senior final, but um, this time around it's actually at 7 o'clock. It's Dublin's Clintarf are, up against Emmett Oak from Monaghan in the intermediate final and that's actually a first All Ireland final for both those teams, so it's going to be a special occasion for them.
2: Absolutely, and yeah, it is a bit strange that you're having the intermediate final after I'm not sure the um talk around that. But again, it's like it it regardless of it being an intermediate final, I'm sure every player going into any kind of All Ireland I saw last week in the Kobe final, it doesn't matter what grade it's at, it if you can go out and win an All Ireland medal, it it not mean as much as anything else.
1: Yeah, and then on Sunday we have another Cork team. Corks, Glanmire are actually playing Turlesstrand from Sligo and that's in the junior final. That's in Banislow. The throw in there is at half two. And just like the intermediate final, this is a first for both sides. They're competing in their first All-Ireland final and uh, no club from Sligo have uh, won this competition. So strand have a chance of creating history.
2: Absolutely. And Glenmire, I suppose, wouldn't be a, a very football-dominant part of Cork. Um, but I suppose given the, the successes of, of Cork senior football teams over the last few years, they've been pretty dominant in the senior football grade. Like It's only growing the interest around Cork City. So I'm not surprised to see someone like Glenmire popping up there in at the All-Ireland stage and um, having gone through that campaign. And I suppose I think it, they haven't been at this stage either, so it's a case of maybe... Settle the nerves out a little bit more on the day, and uh, see, see who comes out on top there.
1: Now, I'd like to welcome our guest nutritionist Kate McDade onto the show. Kate works with the Longford Men's Gaelic football team and the Dublin Ladies Gaelic football team, as well as other teams and individuals. She's a lady of many talents, so welcome aboard, Kate.
3: Well, Thank you very much for having me. It
1: was a nice, invite. Yeah, listen, no problem. You know, any anything we can do and especially for um, you know, someone who's uh, working with both with codes and so many sporting people. RTE Today Girls released a list for their sports person of the year, a really, really long list, but it's great to see Dublin ladies footballer Sinead Hearn on that list. We spoke about her last week on the show, and we're talking with the All Stars, and there are not enough superlatives to describe the athlete that she is. Kate, obviously, from working with the Dublin team, you get to know what Sinead is like.
3: Yeah, um, well, like for me, Sinead was just such a pleasure to work with, and really such a strong role model, and I suppose. the success of the ladies you know is it's down to a number of things but definitely having role models like Sinead um on the team and like leading the way um is just you know really speaks volumes about um about how how the girls have come on um you know she was such an easy person to work with um her communication uh working with me working with management um as kind of a medium between, you know, making sure everyone's voices were heard and everyone was singing off the same hy- hymn sheet. And then in terms of her work ethic and the pitch and the encouragement she has uh, for her teammates um, and for for what she stands for is just phenomenal. Um, I suppose, coming from a sporting background myself, um, basketball being my sport, um, Sinead's kind of the person you, you hope you get in your team. Do you know, she's... She's watched every team needs, I think.
1: Yeah, exactly. Lauren, does so many females on that list, which is great to see. And it's fantastic to see Sinead there. You know, there's other ones there that more than likely, I think, Johnny Sexton seems to be the favourite to win it. But it is great to see someone like Sinead and being recognised.
2: Absolutely, yeah. And it's, she, she's had a stellar two years, like back-to-back all our titles. And I was having such a high-scoring tally over the past two years... She is Dublin captain, so I suppose it isn't a huge shock that 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 she is there. But like when you look at how successful Irish sport has been this last year, it's. Probably a really tough list to actually even get your name onto. Um, I think it's been one of the most success, successful years of Irish sports, definitely in terms of individual Irish sports this year. So to be in amongst those, um, I'm sure she's absolutely delighted. Um, I know she, if we spoke to her, she'd probably say that it's all about the team and getting the all Ireland medal um, as part of the Dublin panel. But I at the end of the year, this time of year, those individual awards, I'm sure no one uh, would, would say no, to.
1: Exactly. So, Kate... It's now your turn for us to grill you. <laughs> to grill you. Sorry about this. You, um, you know, as I mentioned, you know, you work with a lot of sports people, um, individual teams, but the two teams that you do work with um, would be two inter-county teams as well. It uh, would be the Longford team and um, the Dublin team. Actually, this year probably back earlier than before because of the Auburn Cup so early this year. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we we uh in a couple of weeks uh preparation, but um, but yeah, like I said, it's a pleasure to be back with the lads again for for the second season now. Um, you know, you never really know what you're getting yourself into when you start with um with a new team, you know, a new backroom um setup and stuff like that. There's so many different personalities, and you know, you you never know what kind of yeah what what's going to unfold. Um, but, like, they were such a pleasure to work with last year. So, you know, I was buzzing to be back again with them this year. And, you know, there's a real, real nice buzz amongst them. Um, and we're all just really looking forward to the season now, I think, at this stage.
1: The differences, or are there differences working with the men's team and working with the women's team?
3: Um, well, like, you've been dealing with uh, different personalities, like, I suppose, um, you know they each have their own flavor to them, which is nice. And um, so it's very much you're walking into two very different setups. Um, but I suppose the fundamentals are, sa- are the same in the, sa- in the sense that you know they both work extremely hard. They have a really tight kind of miss um, amongst them as a- as teammates. And um, there's a nice kind of feel, um, you know, as part of our kind of backroom team as well. So. Um, yeah, like there's, there's differences but similarities. Um, I suppose as a, a practitioner, um, maybe the way you relay information might be slightly different to men as yeah. it would be to females. But um, In uh, one ear? Yeah, uh, but uh, overall, like, you know, it's, it's kind of really important for me um, to get to know them all as um, individuals. Um, yes, to have a feel for the team um, as a group, but. I try and I try and get to know each of the players, and um, because at the end of the day, well, yes, we're teams looking towards uh, the same goal, um, but you're dealing with a group of 30, 40 individuals as well, so it, it brings its its differences. <laughs>
2: Where are you at in terms of your accessibility to maybe supplements, even just for team contact? Because I know. Like I, I would have worked with senior footballers on and off over the past year or so and they would have had a, a full-time nutritionist there and, and I would have seen how she works with the team and then I would have gone back to maybe movie teams or underage hurling teams and seeing maybe that there's a huge scope for a nutritionist, but we don't obviously have that access.
3: Yeah, um, so it it definitely depends on, you know, kind of what, what team you are working with, what their budget is like. And like I... Do irrespective of kind of um, of of budget side of things. You know, I really do try and immerse myself as best I can uh, with the group mm-hmm. and let them know that I am there as you know for them. Should I like the last thing I'd hate to think, and this goes outside of the, my sporting clients, um, would hate to have someone there in a muddle over something so you know small that I could fix in a second. Um, mm-hmm. So. Um, it does kind. I suppose, um, like with with the lads, it would be extremely uh, hands on. Like it would be, it's almost like full time role without being <laughs> living in their pocket. But um, um, and with the girls again, it's uh, you know I mightn't have as much access to them or I wouldn't be as maybe as much as um, at their training sessions. But I definitely be at all at uh, the championship games and and that would be my uh role um with the ladies uh supplements uh, again like my main focus would be on getting kind of the basics right uh with mm-hmm. both groups um so supplements are kind of uh, down the priority list but um but again it's down to kind of what 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 the resources are to that team um but and even with that, you're you're working within kind of well. What's actually going to benefit this group of players? Like it's it's the same with the strategies you use. It's kind of knowing where where the group is at and how much contact do they really need, or how much of um how much information do they are they going to benefit from? So I think that's why again going back to to report and get in a good sense of the environment that you're in is, is really, really important. and um, So I can kind of um, deliver the most relevant and um, kind of most effective um, information to that group.
1: Listen, I want to get Kate McDade on board. I give you a call. You come down to either a football team or, or an individual or how what way do you work or which do you prefer. Um, what would you do? Is it different from working with, I suppose, a a football team is a gang of people compared to individuals. But if you go down to the first meeting, you know from start, and then how you progress. What way do you go about that?
3: Yeah. So again, it depends on kind of how much time I'm, you know, or what what kind of constraints from, um, you know, kind of what part of in the team are in and what the manager wants like because managers will have their own ideas too um, you know and sometimes you're working working within um, kind of their their timeline and um, ideally like well for a lots of groups it would start off with kind of um, well, it can start off with body composition analysis, so whether it's, that's dex scans or um, I, I take skin fold measurements from time to time to see where, see where the, the lads, the girls are at. Um, it could just be a, a case of delivering a presentation and then, um, you know, doing a Q&A for someone else who only wants you in here and there. But for more long term, you'd probably start with um, body composition Um, Again, going back to working with people on an individual basis to really see benefit or to um, kind of give everyone the best shot at progressing, um, I'd organise one to one uh, consultation. So, again, depending on what's available to you, that could be, you know, before training, we'll just meet a little bit earlier. Maybe we'll stay after training, um, or else it's it's organising phone calls during the week and and getting to know uh, the players that way and tap into to what their lives are like and see what little changes you can make. The kind of body composition analysis can, and as well liaising with the strength and conditioning coach and the rest of management to see what they want from t- particular players um and and kind of discussing that with the players so everyone has a clear understanding where they're at and um with that i'd probably progress down with individual feedback and you know you might give out some information on a team level and they're more so reminders or the the real basic basic stuff just everyone's on the same page um and yeah it kind of progresses from there whether it's presentations throughout the season um you know, or consultations every few weeks. Um it really just depends. But I um I would like to kind of keep as close contact with, with players or at least let them know that I'm I'm available there for them um even if, if, if I'm not at training, you know, that they can they can get in touch on, on uh on my phone or email or whatever it might be. Um so yeah and you just kind of work that way and and make sure that with the change in season so going from pre-season um into into the beginning of the uh the league onto championship that you know everyone is their nutrition is progressing with the progression of the season and everyone knows what what's to be done and um you know some sometimes my role involves getting making sure that food's there for forward the team after training sessions after matches um you know making sure that supplements are there or any of the kind of halftime necessities that might be needed for matches so you know that's kind of how how your role progresses but it's really just making sure that um everyone is getting getting the attention and uh, you know on the page they need to be throughout isn't it amazing how
1: football has evolved and progressed in the last number of years? Because once we had the strength and condition and now nutrition and having a nutritionist as part of a background team is such an important role for you.
3: Yeah, no, it's like, it is amazing. Like I think a few years ago, people probably wouldn't have believed it would have come up the way it has. Um and not because it doesn't deserve to be there. Like I think it's amazing. Um, now that, you know people realise that it does have, um, such an important role to play. Um, you know from a performance perspective. Um, now it's not just kind of uh, relying solely on training, and obviously that's extremely extremely important. But you know, to look at the picture as a whole. Um, you know, I know some some teams as well have psychologists on board. Like you know, and it's. It's Yeah, it's really phenomenal that... Because for years, I think particularly in the uh, Gaelic scene now, do you know, uh, hurlers, camogie players, football players, you know, they train like elite-level athletes mm. and it's really nice to see that, you know, they're kind of getting the, the care that they need too now and, it, you know, clubs and county, um, county level are able to do that now. And it's thankfully... And filtering into into the women's side of things too, which is massive. Still got a long way to go, but um, but it's definitely moving in the right direction. And I suppose, um, you know, with the definitely the girls have gotten a lot more um, kind of um, recognition now, which is which is really really great. Like, and and long may it last, and long may it continue to grow. Um,
1: I have to yeah. say, I have say now this year, um, I know Longford had a different trainer as well and I'm not just saying it because you're here, that uh, our fitness level, our, you know, games that were energy sapping, didn't sap the energy out of Longford like they had in the past. I just noticed how their fitness levels as the game went by, or even as the year went by, how fit they were and how well prepared they were. Yeah, no, um, like,
3: it's, growing off last year, like the, you know, we had a great setup up in the sense that um, like, you know, they the lads were week in, week out. Like, they worked extremely, extremely hard, whether that was on the pitch or in the gym. Um, and, uh, oh, own the see, that was in last year. Like, you know, really set a, a high standard, as did uh, any of the trainers on the pitch. And thankfully, you know, the lads saw value in, in what I was trying to achieve as well. And, you know, the, they really kind of bought into it and you know, they reaped the rewards of that. Um, particularly, you know, when the season kind of gets a bit deeper and, you know, you've had weeks and months um, of hard training and hard games and, um, you know, that's when you can start to pick up injuries and things like that. Um, But no, they they were really well prepared and a really good attitude and um, yeah, their hard work seemed to stand to them, which was, which is great. So again, we've a uh, really, really good um, setup now this year too. And um, we've new kind of coaching staff, mm. new s and all that on board. But so far, like it's just been excellent. Like the standard is still extremely high and it's just, there's a really, really nice vibe about it. So, um, you know, when fresh, fresh faces and stuff come in, it can be um, a nice lift as well. So, yeah, so as I said, like, we're, we're blessed to see what, what this season can can bring, and yeah. yeah fingers I'm crossed. To,
1: Lauren, would yeah. you like to work with a nutritionist, you know, as a player yourself?
2: Absolutely. Like, I, I, I don't have any experience as a player or as a physio, like, to have a working relationship mm. with a, a nutritionist. And I suppose from a physio perspective, it just popped into my mind there as, as you were speaking, Kate. Like, do you have, like, is there any maybe recommendations from a dietary point of view of maybe, like, changes in dietary requirements when a player is injured? Obviously, the, the short-term injuries, maybe muscle injuries, where you, you you might have long-term injuries, like a fracture or maybe an ACL tear. Like, is there anything that you I know it's obviously going to be very uh, gross in, in terms of it's not going it's going to be very general, but is there any, maybe nuggets of advice you might have?
3: Yeah, no, and I think that kind of it's why it's so important uh, for a backroom team to work closely together because there's definitely kind of nutritional imperme- in, uh, interventions that I can put in place to help an athlete. Now, you you mentioned it there yourself, like it will depend greatly on kind of the severity of of the uh, injury and, and you know kind of what what's happened. Um, but yeah, it, it would depend, so, you know, often people think, oh, uh, injured, like I've reduced the amount of kind of energy I'm burning, and I'm not training as much, like I need to re- reduce my calorie intake massively, when sometimes, and particularly if, if an athlete's gone into surgery or whatever, really what they need to do is, is increase their calorie intake uh, for a certain period to make sure recovery is is happening as uh, happening as efficiently as it um as it can um so again your you know protein intakes are really important one um keeping the athlete healthy making sure that their you know their immune system and that the energy intake is is where it needs to be is really important That that goes across like obviously, depending on on what the injury injury is, mm-hmm. it will vary how how big or small those changes need to be. But it's um, definitely something uh, that needs to be looked at and addressed with. Um, and then you've got that's where kind of supplements can come in sometimes, um, you know creatine is quite a good one in terms of recovery, so again assessing whether the need um, is there for that with, with the player so um, it definitely has a large uh, role to play and I'd work quite closely with yeah the s and as I mentioned but also with both physios on the on the Longford team and on the Dublin and the Dublin setup too, um, you know, and they'll they'll let me know if because I won't be at every training, so they I'll always have a message or some form of contact, being like this player, you know, this has happened to this player, get on to them or whatever, um, and it's really important that we do have that relationship so that the players are looked after the way they should be.
2: Across I, I the, the the year, I suppose, does your maybe advice or recommendations change from maybe pre-season training to maybe in-season, and then you're looking at cold weather and very hot weather like we had last year?
3: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, So, like, at the, at the moment, we're in the height of pre-season. So what I'm trying to do uh, with the men, that is, um, so what I'm trying to do now is just, in, again, instill positive habits I'm working with different lads on their body composition, so some are looking to increase their muscle mass, so that will require certain demands. Others are looking to maybe trim down a little bit. Um, And then others are maintaining where they're at, um, or, you know, or trying to maximise what they're getting from all the pre-season work. So um, at the moment you're kind of uh, focusing on on preparing and and maximising all the work that's going in. to, so that they're as prepared as possible going into the league and, and in the best shape possible going into the league. And I suppose coming up now to the O'Brien Cup, um, we will really focus on kind of instilling habits around, around fueling. Like I've been working a lot on recovery at the moment with the lads, um, but we'll be uh, focusing more so on uh, fueling and kind of just making sure that they're, they're kind of picking up things um, and and bringing it along with them as the season progresses um, you'd look then at kind of preparing for games um, also and then maintaining and returning back to, to principles that we've touched on um, as, as the season progresses um, kind of bringing a new flavour keeping the guys thinking um, like one thing I like to do is try and get them involved in terms of um, the meals and stuff uh, that they can they can do away from training because it's great. that you know they get training after or they get fed after training and they get take home meals from, um, as well from time to time, um, which helps them massively in terms of um, like you can imagine when you're when you're training. Um, quite intensely and quite a few times a week and sometimes that involves travel for the lads and to have meals in there looked after uh, sources for you helps massively so then but obviously that's not looking after all the meals of the week so getting them involved um, as a group setting the standards that way in terms of throwing in their own meal ideas what they've done and you know keeping keeping um, some kind of interest and reminders that way and um, you touched on the weather there, like last last year there, last summer we were blessed with the weather, but I don't know how blessed the lads felt when they were running around. <laughs> and um, so again, from that perspective, in games, like uh, even if it wasn't hot, there is a big focus on um, on hydration and you know maintaining your hydration status while um, while playing. And then obviously w- with the change in the weather, um, it's. Um, it's really the emphasis is even more so on that and um, you know with an increase in temperature as well you're looking at a greater demand for for carbohydrates and um, so you know that has to be something that's addressed and looked at too and uh, you have to make sure that all the lads or the girls are aware of that and um, I suppose this time of year as well um, because it is the weather's drastically changing and we haven't been too fortunate with between rain and uh, wind and cold, um, you know, immunity is a big one. So, again, making sure that people are um, are staying, staying healthy um, throughout the season because, obviously, um, the last thing you want is people, um, you know, being run down and, and not being able to train and, or maybe picking up niggles and stuff. So, um, really important to look at factors like that as well, yeah.
1: Isn't it amazing, you know, just from talking to you, I wouldn't have realised – how important your role is and all the different areas that you have to look at with players now, like even the weather. And I knew, you, you know, what Lauren was saying about eat, you know, about eating you know, with, with injuries and how important it is, you know, with certain injuries, but just in everything about it, you know, you're telling the lads what to, to eat, um, you know, or what to take coming up to when the weather is good or when the weather is bad. You know, this has really opened my eyes to what a nutritionist does with a football team.
3: Yeah, no, it's, it is pretty, like, you know, it is, there's a lot to think about and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of good you can add. Um, yeah, no, our, our role is quite, um, it's quite varied, it's quite vast. But yeah, no, there's There's a lot of kind of areas that you need to kind of be mindful of and, and make sure the lads are too. And actually just speaking of, of mindfulness, like, um, you know, making sure that the lads stay and you know keep their mood is um, maintained again a lot of that will stem from if they're if they're eating enough if they're um you know recovering as they should if they're getting enough sleep like so there's a lot of areas that you can kind of dip into and educate people on to to better their performance as, as a human and as an individual and then obviously as a, as an athlete too so um so yeah There's plenty to be doing. (laughs) Yeah, because you mentioned the sleep
1: thing, and I know that for some people, if they don't get enough sleep, they get cravings during the night. Or if you're kind of, if you don't eat at a certain time, your blood sugar levels drop and you can get moody or cranky. And it is amazing how important, you know, food is for our our moods, for everything about us.
3: Yeah, no, it is is like, um, and I don't think we realize that uh, sometimes until we're actually made think to think about it. Um like you know, there's plenty of other factors um that will feed into to our mood also um other than uh, than the food we eat. but it does have a role and even from a concentration perspective um you know sometimes people feel like you know a little bit sluggish at certain points of the day like sometimes that can be down to well what what was your last meal mm. made up of um so again even your food from a perspective of sleep like you know um, I don't know a myth that's, that's gone around the block a few times is you know no carbs after a certain time at, in the evening and really carbohydrates can actually benefit uh, your sleep uh, quantity and getting to sleep um, so you know there's yeah, it does have a role to play in, in many facets of our life but um, um, yeah just by making people acknowledge that and aware of that um. Yeah.
1: I suppose it's a question you've been asked so many times. The difference mm-hmm. between a nutritionist and a dietitian.
3: Oh yes. Um, so a nutritionist, um, there's you're not it's not a protected title. So Denise, if you're feeling like you want to go down the nutritionist route, you could and you could declare yourself a nutritionist if you like. Um, many people on, on social media there as it is <laughs> um but uh but yeah a dietitian is protected title and um, it would be a lot more clinical you do i suppose the thing with a dietitian is like you have to you work within um your governing body so sometimes that can be quite limiting in the sense that um you know the kind of the regulations aren't as up to date as the research sometimes so it can sometimes hinder what um what practices you can use with uh, certain clients um you know because obviously you can you can't work outside of certain boundaries and um, whereas with the nutric- nutritionist like I can very much kind of work with the the latest research and not really have to worry um, if I know it's going to uh, to um, help my client and it is the best solution for them um, dietitian as well a lot more kind of, there's a guarantee that you'll have a job um which is nice <laughs> a nice kind of um reassurance for a lot of people yeah. um so yeah so they be kind of the differences and um i do a few talks in schools and you know that's what students would be asking me um in particular so if there's anyone out there listening that wants to go down the nutritionist route i probably would recommend going down maybe the dietetic uh route um and then go on to do your masters and maybe sports nutrition or human nutrition. Um, but you can still work um, part time if you want while you do the masters. Or you know that if all fails, you've got, you can go down the dietetics route and you know that there's a, a job there for you.
1: Lauren, you work with the youth in the GEA. Do you think from a young age, you know, getting them to learn about nutrition, And something like that, getting it into their minds would actually help.
2: Oh, absolutely. I think young people have such a desire to learn. Um, I guess the age that we work with in the GAA is 12 to 21, so there's a huge age range there. And you have an age range that's probably kind of bridging the gap between secondary school and college, where they do have full control over their nutrition, I suppose, and they do leave to go after college. Um, I think there's a huge opening to educate and provide knowledge around what what should we be eating on a normal day-to-day basis, and then maybe in preparation for sport or activity. Uh, we have, as we'll try to, we have given some workshops over the past uh, three years at the Youth Forum in terms of and diet, kind of a basic enough. Mm. Um, 40-minute workshop obviously we, we, we don't have weeks upon weeks to uh, maybe impart the knowledge that they probably would want or would like to, to have um, but I think there is a real desire there because in this day and age and this day and age of social media we're, the, the, the fitness bug or the, the fitness fad it's not going away um, and everyone wants to become fitter everyone wants to be better perform better look better and um, so I think now more than ever people especially of, of a younger age are Looking to to know well what's going to give me the edge or what's going to make my training in the gym pay off that little bit more, and I suppose as well on the flip side of that though we're probably being fed an awful lot of maybe negative or or misinformation. I'd love to hear your opinion. (laughs) Exactly, I'd love to hear your 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 opinion on that, Kayla. I suppose we've seen over the last couple of weeks the like the Kardashians um, promoting the skinny flat tummy tea, and I just think it's scandalous, but um like that's kind of what we're up against and you're trying to see yeah. book, the correct information um. so it's, it's, it's trying to get the outlet or the opportunity to give to them is probably the problem.
3: Yeah no definitely like and I think the thing with nutrition is like the fundamentals of it's like it's really quite simple and basic and I think you know these kind of teas or magic bullets and stuff like they—they're so much more exciting <laughs> to people. Yeah. Like you know they—they they give people a buzz. They you know they they throw on throw in all this lingo that no one really understands, and for a lot of time it actually doesn't make sense. But you know it sounds good. It's buzzy and um, and yeah, and uh, you know there there is kind of a lot of people out there who are more than happy to to push X, Y, and Z and. And they act as if it's going to cure everything. But um, I suppose, like as like a practitioner, like what you look to do is is relate to to the audience that you're dealing with, you know, and and kind of demonstrate how how easy ch- the changes are that they can make. Um, like I I go into schools quite a bit, so dealing with the age group you're, you're speaking of, their line, um, and it's like showing them easy swaps that they can make to better their performance um, you know whether that's on the, on the pitch, um, on a track or wherever it might be on a basketball course um, and you're trying to you know tap into maybe something that they relate to um, another great way to do it I found is um, so for, for talks that I do for um, school digest so they focus around um, the kind of adolescent nutrition is we'd do a tasting table so it's all well and good for me to say oh swap this for that and whatever like sometimes they'll be looking at you being like what is she getting me to eat here like i've never tried that nor do i have any attention but then when they actually when you have it in front of them let them try it they're like actually that's that's really nice like I, i could see myself eating that so um it's yeah. It's trying to make your information as, as relatable and you know try and figure out kind of what is going to raise the interest of the group that you're th- you're talking to. Um, but yeah, there's definitely like an over an onslaught of of poor information out there. Like and it's it's you know it's disappointing. But um, I don't know. I hope, like all you can really do is my position anyway is just try and keep putting out decent content and you know and, and making it as practical and as tangible so that people actually can take something from
1: it You were talking about meals earlier on about you know sometimes the lads get meals and a big thing I've noticed now is that a lot of players are coming out with food companies and one person in particular will be Philly McMahon the Dublin player there is a huge business for that now whereas these meals are prepared for players that kind of you know that don't really want to kind of sit down and and organize something for themselves so they have them delivered or they're able to buy them and then they can get whatever they need
3: yeah no it is it's it's great kind of but because people are so busy now it's like I, i don't know we're kind of yeah we're just non-stop for the most part and you know everyone seems to you know no matter what your kind of profession is you know you're working um, kind of flat out and then obviously um they like then they have to go train and they need to perform again so for a lot of people having the access to to um options like that ready-made meals that are you know nutritious that are, supply them with what they need is is great like um and if you can afford to do that excellent um so i suppose for them for those that can't it's you know my my role then would be to well what are, what are your options so what can we look at? Like where do you shop? What's within your budget like, and and what's convenient? So like it's yeah, it's, I mean if you can do it, it's it's great. Um, yeah, and there's definitely a demand for it there. Um, yeah, definitely. You know,
1: Lauren was talking about you know these these fads and um the Kardashians and and the big names and that, but we also have um things here. You know, you have weight watchers here in Ireland, and world that people go to. Um, where would you be in that category you know if if one of the footballers kind of said to you know i think maybe i need to do something or or even if you wanted to follow one of their um plans or something you know would you would you agree with that or would you prefer to do something yourself or i
3: see a lot of a lot of kind of setups like that um like uh, kind of the way watches and and i don't want to get myself into trouble here but i'm just um but, you know, they kind of look at, you know, you've got your sins and you've got your, your foods yeah. that you can stick to and, and foods that you shouldn't have and this, that and the other. And I think um, while you can, you know, get, get or reach kind of some goals to get some sort of progression um, by cutting out certain foods, what you're doing is you're cutting out calories. Yeah. But you're not really being told that, like... I. I I kind of, yeah, I kind of resent the whole kind of demonizing mm-hmm. foods because I think it's, it's really important to understand, you know, well, A, have a clear sense of what are you trying to achieve there and then understanding how you're going about that. So for things like slimming world, they're getting you to cut out certain foods like that you, that might have been a big part yeah. of your, your diet. So you're cutting calories. So that's why you're going to lose weight. But then often you'll find, um, that, you plateau and you don't really know what's going on or maybe you're the person who oh god well i had too many sins today and i was terrible and and i don't think it supports that side of things from what i know um just what i've seen so again i i just think it's uh, it's really important as as a practitioner to really get paint the full picture and like uh, because i deal deal obviously with athletes but then outside of that with different weight loss kinds of it's making them you know understand that okay well it, you know it's not the end of the world if this is what you have but it doesn't mean that the rest of the day has to go out the window or that shouldn't be the makeup of your whole diet um so yeah so as far as it's not demonizing food it's definitely making people aware of the more nutrient dense sources and and what works for them and you know as an individual and 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 figuring out the best solution for them as opposed to like a blanket prescription and um, and kind of going good and bad and, you know, um, yay and nay. I think it's important that people can make informed decisions themselves. And I often find that things like that don't facilitate or don't allow for that.
1: Yeah, you're mentioning the um, yeah. calories and I'm going to give him a plug on this. You know him as well, Peter yeah. Foy, because Coach Foy, I should give him his proper name. Oh yeah. Yeah, Peter would put up and his Snapchats and that would be about calories. And I've often seen, you know, he'd be somewhere having a, a cup of tea and it could be a muffin or something like that. But he's like, it's all about the calories. And that's where I kind of went. Well, do you know that? And you know, and you kind of enlightened me as well because, you know, you're hearing one thing, but then you're, you know, then you're hearing from you that you know, what well, it is about calories and that, and that's the important, that's the important word. You mentioned basketball. Is that your downtime, or do you still kind of, uh, get involved with basketball teams? Do you help the team that you play for, or is it just, Kate McDay? might finally get some time on her own to relax?
3: Um, yeah, I'm actually, I had a basketball match, uh, down um, uh, tonight, but, um, but yeah, no, that would be my downtime. That's my relief. Um, I'm an extremely competitive individual but yeah so when my season my basketball season finished last year I was like I was watching so much football I was like I just want to play so I took up football uh, for the summer months which was nice because the weather was fabulous so um, yeah it was nice to be out in the air Um, so yeah so I, I try and do like I also do a bit of gym work like anything like that like I even with the gym work like you, you might be listening to music I'll always put my phone on airplane mode because I spend enough time on my phone like so if I put on airplane mode I won't I won't check the emails or whatever and I just try and you know use it completely just to have that hour to myself and um, that day or, or whatever it might be and I just feel it helps me kind of wash away the um the kind of any troubles that I had or it makes me think clearer as well, um, which is great.
1: Yeah, because you're a busy woman yourself, Lauren. Do you have downtime or me time?
2: Yeah, no, I know I am. Um, I'm fairly busy now, all right, and I think it's kind of a seven day job uh, in the summer months between physio, and physio with tips and then media duties as well. Um, it, it's definitely really important to uh, schedule some downtime. I haven't yet hacked how to actually play competitive sports. So Kate, might get your number after this and we can talk. (laughs) Um, Because I I could absolutely agree uh, the desire to actually go out and compete and try and push myself physically when I'm helping everyone else to do it. um, It's definitely burning there towards the end of the summer. Um, But yeah, it's just trying to fit in my own kind of... uh, gym work my own uh, just time to I, as you said off the phone listen to a podcast is better thing, and just get away from everybody else to kind of help myself for an hour or two um, yeah. but yeah i I give my left hand to go back playing kamoki um, I just haven't somehow figured out how it's possible yet but um, I might hack it so, sometime this year maybe Really? So you're going to make a comeback are you? Hopefully now I stopped playing maybe three years ago and and I said this year I, I I went to one of my sister's challenge matches and I was itching on the sideline and I went over to the management and I was kind of in their ear going okay now well, you know I I'll see what I can do and I was into the WhatsApp group anyway and uh, the following it was another challenge match down and because I hadn't played in a few years I could play junior so I was even more excited you know. Get a good run around, and uh, I'm sure, of course, the following week one of our minor matches was changed to the Friday, so I couldn't make it to that. And then the Saturday for the intermediate match, I would have gone again for media work. So, all in all, my plan failed, <laughs> and yeah, it it, uh, it did not never come back into fruition, unfortunately. Yeah, and it always, we seems,
1: wherever it is with work, work always seems to clash because I was like that after years of not kicking the football. We started with Gaelic from others and others. In Granard, oh my gosh, I was like a child of Christmas going out to the training sessions, even though <laughs> after five minutes I would have needed the, def- the defibrillator, but I was absolutely loving it. But isn't it amazing how something like that can, can give you a buzz? I suppose, Kate, being around teams, does that going to give you a buzz in a different sense?
3: Oh my god, 100%. Like, I, like that. Lauren, actually, my-
1: sorry for interrupting you, Kate. You should have seen Kate this year when Longford beat Mead she was smiling. She was a bigger smile than I can only.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was, was because like,
1: it was me, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'll say nothing, I'll say nothing. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, as in, you see the players do it first like all the work they put in and, you know, you, you know them on a personal level mm. and you, you nearly feel like, as in, that's, like, I'd go in, I'd be with the team before they go out, and this is, like, the men and female, and I'd be like, oh, geez, like, I wish I was going out in the pitch. Like, you're just buzzing, like, on the sideline. Um, you know, it's just, you are so invested in this, and, you know, that's why when, when they have nice victories like that, you know, you, it's everyone's hard work, and, you know, it's just such a lovely thing, and you're so happy for for the players that you know it's like yes like this is what you deserve like this is just fab um, so it's a really really nice feeling. and that's why I'm fortunate in the sense that, that yes I uh, I feel your pain it's a 7 day 7 day week um but you know for the most part um like I don't, I I'm like I often oh my God, this is my job. Like, I am getting paid to do this. So, which is <laughs> lovely, 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 yeah, lovely.
1: because <laughs> so. you you were lucky that you were able to experience Dublin winning and All-Ireland, the, the ladies this yeah. year. But then when you go to Longford and a smaller county, and for us, that was nearly early hour All-Ireland, you know, beating me. So you got to see what it meant for, for a small county. Now, the last 12 months, you've had you've worked with Dennis Connerton, Mick Bohan, and now, Pork Davis. How are the three of them? I know, I know, Paddy and Dennis very well, but I wouldn't really know Mick. But how are the three of them to deal with her? I suppose they are quite different as managers.
3: Yeah, no, they they definitely are. You know, they're three different personalities. Mm. They have three different approaches about them. I, I think I've said it before. There, like I have been extremely fortunate with with the two teams that you know I have. I've I am working with, um, in the sense that from from everyone, from the background staff to the players on the pitch, like, you know, it's just been a pleasure to deal with. As um, communication's really, really important for me. Um, and kind of the, the more open the communication is, then the more I know, um, like, the better I can do in my job. So, like, you know, that's worked out quite well for me with those three different... Um, managers and you know they ha- have their own flair about them and you know they get what they need to from their players and that's that's the main thing um so yeah it's i've been very very fortunate they have been all three have been a, a pleasure to work with so i'm I'm happy <laughs>
1: are you back with the ladies again next year
3: i am I am so I uh, we don't start back until uh january right. so I'm yeah I'm buzzing about that now we the ladies had their medal presentation uh, last week. Yeah. So it's really nice to see see some uh, faces again. And um, Yeah, I'm, I can't wait now to be back with them as well.
1: Yeah, because it's, it's, it's a big year for them. They're going for a three in a row. And then also you have for Longford as well, after narrowly missing out on promotion, they're looking to get promoted. That's the big thing for them. Fingers crossed that it'll be a, a good year for the boys in blue and the girls in blue. And I'm talking about the blue and gold, that is.
3: Yes, yes, no, definitely, um, like, certainly, like, we definitely want uh, Want that uh, promotion and, you know, we want to kind of take it up another notch from last season um, and, you know, we started back now a few weeks and there's definitely that kind of hunger there and, you know, as I said, there's a nice feel and, and we're ready to go and the same with the girls, like, they just, they're always wanting to learn wanting to do better wanting to improve and that's really important um from you know that all the team on that on that kind of buzz um so yeah i'm sure like if it, if it keeps continuing the way it, it started um hopefully we will uh, reap the rewards now um this coming season
1: listen thank you so much for that case you really enlightened me because there was a lot of things that i didn't know or maybe i was kind of you know, in the dark about. So it was great having that chat and listen, best of luck to the two teams that you're involved with. This Sunday it's also the Leinster Senior Football Club final. It's a really a David and Goliath battle. St. Columbus, a small rural club from North County Longford, are up against Chemical croaks an established club from Dublin. Earlier this year we interviewed former Cavan footballer Mickey Graham as part of our GAA Old School series. Mickey is the manager of That They're the first Longford club to play in a Leinster senior club final. So uh, they're on the verge of history. And I know I'm being a little bit biased here, but listen, oh, well, I want to wish Mickey and the Mullignac lads the very best of luck. Lauren and Kate, thanks so much for the chat. And we will talk to Enda. We're hopefully going to have Enda Sheridan, the Longford ladies manager. On our next show, to talk just about about football and management in general. So uh, listen to that. So Gem Events.ie,
0: candy carts,
1: chocolate fountains,
0: selfie mirrors—we got all your party needs covered at GemEvents.ie Events.ie. Health and we put you back in control of your health, fitness, nutritional, and wellbeing needs through education, advice, and motivation. Check out Health and Fitness Looking to dance the night away? Check out The Laws.ie—the perfect sound for your next wedding party or function great set lists lively and sure crowd pleasers the lols.au Check out GemEvents.ie, candy carts, chocolate fountains, selfie mirrors. we got all your party needs covered at GemEvents.ie, HealthAndFitnessIreland.net. We put you back in control of your health, fitness, nutritional and well-being needs through education, advice and motivation. Check out HealthAndFitnessIreland.net. Looking to dance the night away? Check out TheLols.ie, the perfect sound for your next wedding, party or function. Great set lists, lively and sure crowd-pleasers, TheLols.ie.